Rock, baby! Uh, that stat kind of blew me away. I didn't know they were that far ahead of any team. The descriptor that I used for this team was weird. What would you say the percentage of us actually sweeping these next three games would be? So Ole Miss could technically be a first four team. The number one overall seat, let's pretend that they get COVID, Ole Miss would then be the one seed. God, I, I can't explain how excited I am about this season, man. Yeah, I'm not really expecting a whole lot from their uh, weekend rotation at all. I agree with Randy. He has all the athleticism to play center. McCants, I love it. Second, his his swing's just beautiful to me. I, I loved it. Would you guys put JRP down as one of the best two-sport athletes of all time? A lot of people have wrote him off. I think he's actually a triple-sport athlete. TikTok is a sport, man. If he can keep dancing and keep hitting dingers... I say he's better than Deion Sanders. His high, the highlight of that man's career is eating a sandwich in the dugout. Howdy. Welcome to the Bait Shack Podcast, presented by hashtag Come to the Shack. Your home for freshwater fishing tips, grumblings from the grove big game banner and all the chum you can feed on regarding University of Ole Miss Athletics. We're coming to you from the Landshark Lounge on Lake Sardis, so grab a cold one, sit back, and reel in the Bait Shack cast. Welcome to episode 33 of the Bait Shack. We recorded Thursday night and are releasing this on what will seem to be a rain-soaked Friday. Next week, we'll return to our regularly scheduled release times of Monday and Thursday nights, but tonight, we're quickly touching base on the hardwood with hooks and hoops as the basketball team has given us a shot of life as we head into the final three games of the season. Then we'll close the majority of the show out with our new Reels and Steals segment. To talk about the UCF series this weekend and touch base on a fan-favorite speed demon, John Rice Plumley is the greatest two-sport athlete of all time. But first, we'll pause for station identification. You're listening to the Bait Shack Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBaitShack underscore. Have any fresh bait voicemails for the group? Leave them for us at 662-314-6533. We've got a full house tonight as we have Randy, Soren, Joey, Chandler, Kale, and myself Earl on the cast tonight. Batting leadoff tonight is Randy at the Hooks and Hoops set tonight to give us a rundown on where we stand after beating number 24 Mizzou on Tuesday night. Randy, lead it off. Yeah, so the Revs got a much-needed win against Missouri. They swept that season series against the Tigers. Ole Miss now is 15-3 and against Missouri in their history as an Ole Miss basketball team. Uh, that stat kind of blew me away. I didn't know they were that far ahead of any team, but they've dominated Missouri, and they did it again here. They got a 60-53 win. You know, you had a decent night from Schuler. He rebounded a little bit after that 1-for-15 shooting showing against Mississippi State. He went 6-for-17, which isn't really like him, but it's better. He improved a little bit. 14 points out of him. You had 9 rebounds out of Romello White. 10 points, 4-for-6 shooting. And then he, he, Joyner went 1-for-7 from the field once again. Um, and Luis Rodriguez, you got, he shot 3-for-5, got you 10 points. You know, all in all... Team played well. They did what they had to do. You really, you only got production out of like seven guys, really. I mean, Sammy Hunter technically played, but I wouldn't say it was productive minutes from Sammy. He wasn't great. Um, you know, this team, like I said last time, Earl, I think the descriptor that I used for this team was weird. 
And I still stand by that. This team is weird. They they can beat teams that are technically on paper better than them, but then they lose to teams they shouldn't lose to. And that's why we're in the situation that we are in. Uh, after the after the victory over Missouri, Joe Lenardi put out his uh, bracket, which it's not really a bracket now. It's like oh, it's weird how they do it now. It's just on paper. It's not a bracket. And I kind of missed the bracket, but. Uh, Ole Miss is now in the next four out, meaning they have a little bit of work to do to get into the tournament. They need to win out, really. You win out, and I think you're in or you're right there on the bubble. You probably need to win one in the SEC tournament at that point, but I think you're close. Uh, they kind of got the shaft here with this extra game. They're playing Vanderbilt a second time on March 6th. Uh, Ole Miss will play Vanderbilt this weekend. It's not cert- It's not sure if uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. will be playing. Is he's questionable for the game on? Let me get the, uh, Saturday. Sorry, game on Saturday, two thirty. It's questionable if Scotty Pippen Jr. is going to play in that game. If he misses the game, it should be a blowout. Ole Miss should win easily, but you play them again, and that game does nothing for you. It's not a good win. If you lose, your season's done. There's just there's no upside to it. I was really hoping they would slide in LSU at March 6th, but they got Vanderbilt. It is what it is. You should win both those games. You should not lose those games. Yeah, we got Vandy, Kentucky, Vandy again. So, and that's what I was going to say is obviously we have an issue playing playing well against lower opponents, so it's almost one where it's like these next three games against a very dilapidated Kentucky squad and obviously Vandy in and of itself, uh, just kind of, you know, what would you even say that the chances that we actually go 3-0 and against these three teams are? I mean, it should be, you know, 100%, but like you said, they play down to their opponents pretty pretty well, actually. What would you say the percentage of us actually sweeping these next three games would be? Oh, man, that's tough. Um you should beat Vanderbilt, you should beat Kentucky, you should beat Vanderbilt. The percentage, I'd put it 50. I think you I think you sweep <laughs> Vanderbilt. I th- if you don't, then this team does not deserve a tournament bid. I don't care. I, they don't deserve it, and I'm fine admitting that. Um, Kentucky, you should beat Kentucky. The problem there is that it's Kentucky. Right, and Kentucky's hit a little hit hot streak here. They beat Auburn, they beat Vanderbilt, they beat Tennessee. Uh, they had a game against Texas A&M get postponed. They'll play Florida this Saturday. They're on a three-game win streak here. They're kind of hot. That team that team's weird. They kind of fight for Calipari. They play hard, and so it makes it makes me a little nervous. Uh, that game is on Tuesday, March second. You've gotta win that i know it's kentucky don't be afraid by what the letters say on the front of the jersey yeah but i think it was uh, either you or kyle earlier in the season we we're talking about how overall kentucky was down at the start of the year but sure enough by the end it, they would you know be humming along like they usually are um but let's also say you know like you mentioned joe lenardi has us as the next four out so we're kind of i guess overall in the last eight out in some capacity uh, but say we do go 3-0, and miracle happens, we actually beat these down teams, and we get into the SEC tournament. Um, overall, do you think it's one? Do you think it's two? Do you think it's three wins in the tournament that then gets us into an actual tournament seed? Uh, that's tough. Uh, I think you need two. 
Two, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with two. Right now, you're sixth in the SEC. You need two, I'm really comfortable. One, it's close. One, it is you are sweating. You need other teams to lose. You are not confident. You win two, I'm a, I'm a lot more comfortable. I'm a little confident they get in. You win three, you're in, I think. You win three, you should be in. And that, that is considering you, you you would end the season on a seven-game win streak at that point. And so I think you're in at that point. I will say, and I want to highlight this because it came out today, the NCAA announced their tournament protocol. And the way I understand it is that the first four teams are going to serve as substitutions for a team if they get coronavirus. So Ole Miss could technically be a first four team and still get slid into a, a good seed. So let's say you're a first four team, you win, you go into that 6-11 game. Well, if you lost that game, and this is my understanding of it, is if you lost, you would then substitute a team that has COVID. So if, you know, Duke... Or, no, Duke's not going in this year. Gonzaga. Let's use Gonzaga. Gonzaga, the number one, the number one, number one, the number one overall seed. Let's pretend that they get COVID. Ole Miss would then be the one seed in the entire tournament, which <laughs> that would be I fantastic. don't think happens, but it's the <laughs> most Ole Miss way possible to get into a tournament. It would actually be the most. I don't know the way the sports guys would finally be like shifting their you know attitudes towards Ole Miss if they somehow gave us one of the first four outs and then all of a sudden we're the number one number one seed for the entire tournament it would be actually pretty phenomenal but with that let's uh we'll wrap up hooks and hoops so revs might have just moved up a little bit on the bubble minnesota just lost to northwestern that's a big hit to their bubble chance there uh so Ole miss may have moved up a spot we'll see when lenardi puts out his updated bracket it'll probably be out before this podcast is out but that's something to look for. And actually, I had a question for you on this. So there's obviously the first four out, and then we have the next four out, and he has us um, second in the next four out. So I guess technically the sixth out of the eight spots that are just out. Do all of the teams in front of us, those five, need to drop games in order for us to move up? Or do what are your kind of thoughts on that? Like, does it really matter who's really in front of us, or is just based on what we have yes with what we have left i think the other teams do need to lose a game uh now that is bar that is just assuming the last three games of the season that's not thinking about what you do in the sec tournament because if you go win three games in the sec tournament i think that kind of rules that null but just regular season based on what we have left with vanderbilt kentucky vandy again i think you need a team i think you need those teams to lose a game because these next, th- these next three games, if you win them, are not good wins. Like, they're not really resume-boosting wins. They're just games you shouldn't lose, that you can't lose for your resume. So, yeah, but also there's conference tournaments still going on, or two to happen. So, you know, you if those teams don't lose and you win your three, you're not out. But it would help the diamond if they lose. Where everybody, I think on this show wants to discuss it. So we're going to go over to reels and steals. And we've got uh, Chandler and Kale and Randy and Soren and Joey on this episode. 
Uh, obviously, we had a big midweek W against Arkansas State on Wednesday. And so we're looking ahead to you, the UCF series uh, this weekend at home. First big homestand. Uh, I'm calling it the B-Boat battle, basically the best Bortles of all time battle. Uh, overall, Chandler, head over to you. Haven't ha- haven't heard from you in a while, but uh, what are your thoughts on this weekend? What, do you, what are your thoughts on the team so far? Yeah, so, God, I, I can't explain how excited I am about this season, man. We have guys that have thrown one inning so far this year that are throwing 95 cheddar. So, uh, for UCF, I mean, they started off the season ranked 24, but they are currently sitting at 1-3, and three, and their only win is a 15-6 to six win over FAU, and they lost the previous contest 15-20 to 20 to FAU, where they gave up two grand slams in one inning. So I'm. If you take away the precipitation this uh, weekend, I'm expecting a lot of booze to be thrown out in the outfield. A lot of beer showers there. And Kale, what are your thoughts on this weekend series? Uh, yeah, I'm not really expecting a whole lot from their uh, weekend rotation at all. They gave up a ton of earned runs altogether. I think 18 altogether they gave up. And um, I really want to see a lot from Doug this weekend after the kind of uh, shaky outing he had uh, last. Saturday it was. Uh, so mostly right-hand dominant lineup. So I want to see him really just bear down and get, a, you know, just be more consistent than he was last weekend and have a longer outing. And you bring up Doug, and uh, obviously he's usually our Friday starter, but I was going to ask also, you know, do you see the rotation being the same as it was used this past weekend with Doug, Gunner, and Derek going one, two, three? Oh, yeah. I think that's a no doubt. I think that's pretty much set in stone right now. I really like what I seen out of Diamond last weekend, but I think that's our one, two, three guy pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess one of the biggest question marks we have is who's replacing Peyton Chatagnier. Uh He's you know going to be out for a couple of weeks, and with that, that obviously leaves a lot of room for you know whether we're going second base, whether we're going second fielder, whether we're going you know all over the place. Uh, with that said, Randy, who do you have kind of? Uh, as his replacement, and do you see it staying the same throughout the weekend or kind of changing up per game? Yeah, so I think Chatagnier, you know, he has a little hamstring injury there. I don't think it's as serious as some people are worried. I think it's just more of a strain. I think they're being really careful with him. Um, you know, I like what TJ McCants did against Arkansas State. I wouldn't hate just leaving him in that spot, letting McCants just kind of roll in there at that spot. I don't. I think Garrett Wood gets a little time there too. I think they play him a little bit a second, just see what they got there. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think McCants probably takes that spot. Again, it, it shouldn't matter the t- the level of competition you're playing. It really shouldn't matter. You shouldn't miss Chatagnier just too much. You should be able to continue winning without him. And that's not to downplay him. I think Chatagnier is a really good player and a really good part of this team. The energy he brings is really important to the attitude of this team. I mean, you got to think about it. They've only lost one game since that kid stepped on campus. Um, one question I do have is, so Justin Bench was in the nine hole in Arlington, got moved up to the leadoff spot. Uh, overall, over the weekend, he, you know, what, I think batted .091. And so then he all of a sudden is the leadoff hitter. Is that something that you see leading off again, or would you – move him around would you replace him with somebody else and I feel like we just have a lot of you know potential players that we can slide in maybe into the center field rotation yeah so uh to take your first question there about the lineup 
I think I'm putting Gonzalez leadoff. I think I move Gonzalez up to the leadoff spot. Um, bench at the nine hole, I don't hate. Bench really hasn't given you anything this year. Last year, he was a little down too. Until I see some consistency from him, I want to keep him down, you know, bottom of that order. So I think I move Gonzalez up to the leadoff spot. Um, center field wise, I hate to say it, but I mean, John Rice Plumley, if he can give you anything offensively, I think he's quick enough that he can play center field really well. But I need to see consistency from him on offense. His swing looks a lot different. I'll give him credit. His swing looks a lot better. He hit that home run against Arkansas State. But if he can consistently hit and give you any type of offense, I almost want to say let him play a few games in center or see what you got out of him. Yes, yeah, so Plumley. I mean, I agree with Randy. He has all the athleticism to play center. I mean, he, his his swing and it just looks very smooth. It looks a lot better than it last year. It was really bad. It just looked choppy. Didn't look fluid. I guess you could say. But um, yeah, I, I agree with Randy as far as putting McCants at second base. I think that's probably your best bet, especially offensively. I mean, for a kid with his first collegiate start, he looked pretty good. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with Plumley at outfield. Like, I'm going to agree with everybody what y'all have said. He's got plenty of athleticism. You know, his bat has looked – the swings looked a lot more pure and just fluid this since this all season. I mean, I think Randy said that he had been putting in a lot of work in the cages, and it's, it's shown to be true. Uh, McCants, I love it second. His his swing's just beautiful to me. I, I loved it. And just – I think he – was he a left-handed hitter? This is a – Okay, yeah, he just pulled a lot of balls to right field, and I love seeing that, getting on top of his swing and pulling them to right field, getting that one double and then a single the next at bat. So, yeah, I really like McCants at second. And, I mean, I guess with that, I mean, John Rice Plumley, obviously our QB2, our slot receiver, and now uh, basically our power, power-hungry power center fielder, potentially. Uh, would you guys put JRP down as one of the best two-sport athletes of all time? Soren? No. Um well, there's not really a lot of dual sport athletes, in my opinion, that are out there that does what he does. Um, I don't want to say that he, okay, I don't want to say that he's potentially one of the best of all time, but I definitely think that he um, has a lot to prove, and I think that he's doing that. Every time that anyone has ever doubted him, especially in that group chat that we have, um, he has always seemed to come back and to make a name for himself, and so... You know, everyone thought, you know, whenever he was playing slot receiver during the Outback Bowl that, oh, he wasn't going to do jack squat and this and that. And then, you know, he was a he was, you know, an integral part of that offense for us scoring, um, especially the, that last drive that we had. Um, and then now, you know, he's hitting bombs in Swayze. So it's just like, OK, he hit a bomb. But, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to continue to hit more bombs. So, um I mean, you guys have pretty much hit the nail on the coffin with him. I think that he has a lot of potential. Um, his swing looks a lot better. He was definitely in the batting cages working on his swing. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I think that we should give him um, more of a chance. I think that a lot of people wrote him off and um, just considered him a cheerleader for the baseball team and, and the football team. And he, I think he's definitely um, more than that. So... Uh, Joey, would you think that uh, JRP is the next Deion Sanders, or if not better? So I was I was gonna say, um, I think he's actually a triple sport athlete. TikTok is a sport, man, and that kid is good at TikTok. So, 
Who's next? Exactly. Like, dude, the kid, I don't know. I don't know how many TikToks he has that have gone viral, but it's at least a few. I know he has a few on his own. He did one for Peyton's page that went viral, and then he did one for the Old Miss baseball page that went viral. So he hits dingers, he catches in the slot, he can run fast, and he is just a great baseball player. He's really improved his swing. So if he can keep dancing and keep hitting dingers, I say he's better than Deion Sanders. But uh, I guess, Randy, we got to go back to you because I feel like you're not really snacking on that. You're not really snacking on this. Uh, JRP is the greatest two sport, three sport athlete of all time. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, John Rice is a good, good kid and seems like a good. I mean, I don't even say good. Uh, not a good quarterback. Uh, under average, below average quarterback. Um, haven't seen anything out of out of him at a wide receiver outside of one game. Need to see more there. Um, he ran a route against Florida that was one of the worst routes I've ever seen in football. <laughs> so I need to see him work some more in that. I need to see him accept that role on the football team. Uh, football wise, kids got one hit. Um, <laughs> that's that's about it. Kids got one hit, and we're already claiming that he's the greatest, the greatest alive. Um. He, he did go one for one yesterday against Arkansas State with a home run, but again, I think if you gave the six of us one at bat against Arkansas State, <laughs> one of us would probably hit a home run. So I'm not ready to say that. I wish I was. I wish he was that good. Um, if he was that good at center field, this team is in Omaha immediately because, man. If he can, like I said earlier, if he can give me some offense on baseball, I have no problem starting him in center field. But as of right now, based off of his contributions, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, he went over one against Texas. <laughs> well, we do have to watch our SEO, and so I feel like the more we're able to maybe potentially claim that JRP is the greatest of all time, the more uh, we'll start getting some Rebel Grove listeners over here and. Uh, Pick that up a little bit. Some Facebook boomers, yeah. <laughs> exactly, Soren. Look, man, I'm just saying that Vanilla Vic is the dude. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I honestly think that Randy's just a hater. I think that Randy he, is a hater. Yeah, I think that Randy anti Plumley. Yeah, no, like he is talking about how Plumley is a below average quarterback. I mean, think about who he has in front of him. He has one of the most efficient, you know, passing QBs in the in the country, um, you know, in front of him and Matt Corral. So um, I don't know if you remember or not, but the year prior in 2019, he uh, ran all over the national championship LSU team and uh, he did a lot for us. I know that that season was only four and eight, but um, you have to think about who was our coaches during that season. You know, I think that um, if Blaine Kiffin would have been there and would have been able to develop him and Matt Corral wasn't there I think he would be a decent QB I really do and then on the baseball side you know he's only played in two games you know I mean yes he had his 0-1 hit against Texas but then he dropped a bomb against um, Ar Arkansas State so you know I think we need to give him some more time so if Lane Kiffin was here in 2019 John Rice Plumley would not have been quarterback uh, he'd have found someone else <laughs> that kid would not have been quarterback um you mentioned the LSU game. I really remember this Auburn game in 19 where there was a wide-open wide receiver on fourth down that JRP did not even see. Um, I watched that man try to throw football more than 30 yards multiple times, and it was not pretty. 
Um, and so, baseball-wise, his high, the highlight of that man's career is eating a sandwich in the dugout. <laughs> Go look at his Twitter account. He has that pinned. He had a home run yesterday. It's not even pinned. He pinned a video of him eating a sandwich during a game. That's his highlight. And That sandwich was I, good. It probably was. I made a baseball, baseball card out of that photo of him eating a sandwich. I mean, come on. I, I like the dude. He's a nice guy. And I wish he was a better athlete because Lord knows we need him. But I get tired of the Facebook boomers who are, they love everything the man does every time he takes a step away. And what people are going to focus in on here is that I do tweet a video of John Rice Plumley damn near daily, and I'm over here hating on him. But And that actually got me blocked from his TikTok account, that video. So I hope, that, I hope it was worth it, y'all. <laughs> Kale, your thoughts on the uh, the JRP love fest or I guess uh, hate um, fest, whichever way you want to go. I do get tired of the Facebook boomers. I will say, um, I was impressed by the Indiana game. I, I wish, like Randy said, that he would go ahead and commit to his role because he's never going to be a quarterback. I mean, I could throw left-handed better than he could right. He's not good. It's not pretty, and. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, might as well start him at center field right now if you have to move bench in second. But other than that, I, I don't have much to say about it, really. <laughs> Chandler, your thoughts? I'm uh, kind of in the same boat as Kale. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think he needs to accept his role as a slot receiver <laughs> and uh, really dig in with Coach Nix and work on his route running. And uh, if he is the, the viable option in center field, we'll roll with it. But I, I, I have a feeling it's probably if they do decide to move bench to second base, it probably going to end up being Salmons in center field. Which is, I feel like, who we saw majority of the time in Arlington, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, you know, maybe we touched on it a little bit, maybe not. Um, Regarding UCF, you guys mentioned they're one and three. Um, is there anything that they're bringing this weekend that does scare you a little bit? That could be a potential issue. Chandler, uh, I'm the guy with overalls. Uh, the only the only problem they bring this weekend is that guy's ego. It's going to be shot. Right field's going to ruin him. Can can you uh, can you elaborate a little bit on on who this guy is and, yeah, and what so, he let's see, his, his photos? Yeah, he has a photo on here. There's one of him in jorts, and there's one of him wearing overalls with completely well, ridiculous Florida, tribal so. tattoos. You can go ahead, Joey. Is it is it necessary? Like, uh, is it a, a requirement to be from Florida? And own jorts. I, I believe it is, but that was just my two cents. Yeah, I actually think in order to get your driver's license in Florida, you have to take a picture in jorts. It's like a requirement. The DMV his, his name is Jordan Rathbone, and Jordan, if you ever hear this, I'm not sorry. But you, you're in for a rude <laughs> awakening, my guy. Yeah, you're a loser. <laughs> just Jill? get prepared for more comments like that in right field. I'm just letting uh, you know. There's really not much with UCF. Their, their Friday rotation looked terrible against FAU. Um, the lineup really lot left to be desired there. Um, Art, Chris, or not Chris Arch, but Matt Archer for them, batted 416 this weekend with seven RBIs. He was about their leading hitter, most productive hitter this weekend or last weekend. Overall, I think it'll just be a blowout. There's not much there for, that, for them that they can do. 
Randy, any uh, concerns that UCF might give you? Uh, I mean, you should win two of three. I'll say that. Uh, you should win two of three. I think you can sweep. The, I mean, they were top 25 before the season began. I know FAU kind of ran rampant on them. Uh, UCF did give up two grand slams in the same inning to FAU. Um, that'd be fun to watch for this weekend. But I also want to say I don't think they get three games in this weekend either. So I think you get two games in this weekend, probably try a doubleheader on Saturday. I don't think Sunday gets in either. So, I mean, you win two games. You, you, you only, if you only play two, you should win both. Because you can throw Hoagland and Diamond and win those. Um, I was going to say, and it wasn't just two grand slams in the same inning. It was the same player. Yeah. It was Caleb Pendleton from FAU who hit both of those. So that was just kind of a, I guess, editor's note, so to say, on that. Uh, Soren, anything that concerns you potentially? No. I'm not afraid of UCF at all, whatsoever. <laughs> I will uh, I think that... <laughs> what were you going to say, Randy? Randy? I will say Ben Vespi, one of their pitchers, um, he went 4.2 innings, no no runs allowed. I don't think that's going to be an issue for Ole Miss, but he is a name to look for if he does throw this weekend. Um, Billy McKay uh, has an 18 ERA right now. That's not great. And in case you're not a baseball fan, 18 is uh, not good. So, yeah, I'm not uh, sorry, Sword. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was oh, you're good talking, but yeah, I, I think two out of two. If you play two, go ahead, Sword. Um, no, my take was short and sweet and to the point. I think that UCF and all of their athletic programs are just frauds, and so uh, <laughs> I'm not afraid of them at all, whatsoever. So we have the uh, 2017 football national champions playing the 2020 uh, baseball national champions this weekend. Complete fraud. And it sounds like at the end of the day, the only concern that uh, that we've got is Mother Nature and if we can actually get all three games in. Uh, Joe, any closing thoughts on the UCF series? All right, yeah, just uh, closing thoughts. I don't know. I'm not really worried about UCF. I don't really see any reason why we lose um, – other than the fact the weather. I think the weather plays a big factor this weekend. I know it's coming in tonight, hitting pretty hard for the probably the next week. Um, what could be an argument is, does weather now start to push? After we played in Arlington and, you know, the weather possibly canceling some games, does this start the argument to switch to a turf field, I guess would be my biggest thing. But I have no concerns for UCF. Um and then looking forward, Memphis and Jackson State both next week. I have no concerns about that either. Yeah. Awesome. Soren? I do want to say I don't want a turf field. I like grass just because you feel more connected with the earth. And so I feel like our players, I don't know, I just feel like we need that. You know, I'm just, I'm a big. I just hate having games canceled because of the weather. That's no, I my get it. Thing. I get it. But, you know, you know, it's kind of like. It's kind of like the the rights that we have as people, you know. Some of it's used for good, some of it's used for bad. You know, grass can be good. Grass also has its downside. So you know, you just gotta you gotta you gotta look at the positives of it. I just it's so green, it's luscious. I, I'm a big grass guy. I am. I do not want I do not want turf because that hurts like a bitch when you slide on it. 
And I don't want our players getting burns on their legs because they had to slide out and outfield. My only argument with a turf field is, has anyone ever fielded a ground ball on a turf field? It bounces. It doesn't slow yeah, down. It does not slow down. Jacob Adams it against Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah. That thing, that, game after that. that thing is moving on some turf. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, if you're concerned about the weather, I don't think it's a grass versus turf debate. I think we should then probably get some of those uh, pop-up party tents from the football stadium, move those over to the football, or move those over to the baseball stadium, and, and put those over the. We could uh, just build a dome. So exactly. Saying, yeah, with, with, dude, those, should... with all the party tent stuff, and, and hopefully it won't like. Uh, <laughs> well, bust just get all the, the get middle. all the busted up tents from uh, out of right field that got left over from last year, and just put them <laughs> over the field. There's we enough should... to get left out there every year. We should build, so like we should model a new stadium after Globe Life, but call it Swayze Life, and so it's gonna have a retractable thing, and every it'd be dope. I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. So we wouldn't even have to worry about the weather, and we could have grass. Actually, wouldn't the grass die because there's no sunlight? Never. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because it's retractable, but. That's I mean, it's the same way. Like, I don't know if that it would get enough sunlight. Arizona to... football stadium pulls the grass out, lets it get natural sunlight, and then rolls it back in. Dang, I didn't think about that. Well, according to uh, Brennan Chapman, we can't okay, afford so pencils, we... so there's no point in trying to even discuss expansion. If we what can't... I was going to say is when uh, when Lane Kiffin leads Ole Miss to be the next Alabama, and Mike Bianco is here until he dies, and we become both a football and baseball dynasty. We can afford to build all these nice things and be able to take the grass out and then bring it back in. Including, so just give it time and it'll happen. Including pins. We'll be able to afford pins. And, and on that. Pins and pins. Writing utensils. I hate that I can't get pins on campus. I mean, I, I know Brennan is the insider on all of this. I hate that I can't get pins. I'm hearing some rumors that um, some parents are getting a pretty big thing going. I don't know if y'all want to talk about this, but. Some parents are pretty livid. They're starting to get senators involved with the Ole Miss uh, social life. Opening the stadium, stuff happening on the square, like some pretty serious um, reopening, forcing people to reopen because of COVID. That apparently we're handling things a lot worse than the rest of the world. Apparently, um, as of this morning, there were only four COVID cases on campus. And that's kind of been the trend. There's been a downtrend all semester. And there's not really been anything, any word on why we're not being able to reopen. Well, my question to you on that would be, uh, what is, how is Oxford different than, say, Starkville or Hattiesburg? And because I feel like at the same time, like baseball right now, it's they're going off of the state mandate, which is the 25%. So is this going to be seen on these other campuses or is this strictly an Oxford thing and how Oxford itself is handling the bar reopenings? I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about it at this point to give you a fair answer, but I know I was in Jackson, uh, last weekend, week, week ago, no, two weeks ago tomorrow. And it was wide open, like nothing had, you know, so I think that I don't know what the whole thing is about the state mandate, but it seems like some people are just starting to ignore it. Um, I don't I don't know. Um, well, in regards to you talking about Starkville and Hattiesburg and like what the implications of that compared to us, 
we're actually civilized people, unlike people down in Starkville. So I feel like we'll be able to handle it a lot better than, you know, maybe some of these um, state fans. Um, and then you know, I'm not even going to talk about Southern Miss. Uh, I just pretend like they're not there. <laughs> that works. Um, Chandler, I guess question to you would be, uh, do you see us reopening more than 25% capacity, especially during baseball season uh, at some point this year? Gosh, I, I, I don't know. I, I hope if they start to see like a really steady, I know Tater Tot Reeves is doing some uh, more reopening. So I'm hoping that'll incline uh, us to open up more than 25% because we could, we could definitely use that energy in there. Yeah. Kale, your um, thoughts? I know we've had a little bit of a drop in cases. I hope we start to open up a little bit more because we can definitely use the money right now since we, you know, had limited seating in football games and basketball games for the whole year. But um, I really don't see it changing much for this year. I hope it does, but I just don't see it happening. Randy, any thoughts on this? I think it really depends on vaccination numbers. I think – if the vaccination numbers continue to increase like they are, you could potentially see Swayze open up a little bit more as the season progresses. Um, I don't really, I don't have a prediction to really put out because I don't know. I'm not shocked if you tell me, you know, if somebody comes back in time from July and they tell me it stayed at 25%, I'm not shocked. But I do think as vaccination numbers go up, you're going to see a lot of people continue to ask for these stadiums to open up. They're going to ask for, you know, baseball especially, with the way that both programs, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, are very successful. Fans are going to want to go to those games. They're going to start requesting that those stadiums be opened back up. So I'm going to say I'm at 60%. Yes, they increase it somewhat. I'll go go with a bold take. I I want to say we'll get up to 50% by the SEC opener, which is in roughly about a month. That's a bold take, not based on anything. I'm just, I'm just I just want to be different. Well, by, <laughs> so well, by the time that a, a month rolls around from now, um, I feel like a lot of um, there will be more opening up to people who are actually allowed to get vaccinated. So, like, I got vaccinated today with my first dose. Um, you know, do my part. You know, trying to make sure that we can, you know, go watch baseball. Um, but I think that by when is it March? 20... 19th, I 19th. believe is the... by March nineteenth. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that uh, the public, the, I mean the vast majority of the public, the people that don't really have health issues and stuff like that, can just go get the vaccine if they want to. And, and I think that if that happens, then um, they will they will open up a little bit. And I'm hoping they do because uh, I definitely want to have that beer shower experience again. I haven't had it in like a while, so <sighs> it's something and... I long for. To close it all out, is anybody going to be able to make it out this weekend in the limited capacity? Joey, you... Uh, you I uh, I forgot to buy tickets, so no. And they sold out really I didn't quick. realize... I didn't. Yeah, they sold out like 10 minutes. I got on at like 8.30. I kind of forgot it was 8 a.m. I got on at 8.30 and they were already sold out, so... Shoot for next Snooze week, though. I don't have anything to do next week, so I'm hopefully going to make it at both midweeks and the Belmont series. Hotty Chandler or Kale, you guys gonna be able to make it? Or? Not this weekend. Mm, not this not, not this weekend, but uh I'm hoping I can make that six thirty Jackson State game next Wednesday. And probably out to the Absolutely. Belmont series as well. 
be fun. And Randy, I know you mentioned you're out of town. So yeah, I'll be out of town this weekend, but next weekend is my dad's birthday. So I may try and snag some tickets for him and see if he can come over for the game or something like that. I will say there were, there were some midweek tickets available for next week's game. Last time I checked. Um, so if you're interested in going, maybe try that out again, but, uh, happy future birthday to Mr. Morgan. All right. So that'll wrap up episode 33. We'll catch you guys next time.